Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, Sandy's here, so is Greg, Debbie, Adam's producing the show. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. What are we tracking this afternoon? This is the three at three on Wisconsin's afternoon news. An Illinois man has filed a federal lawsuit alleging that an off-duty Wisconsin police officer improperly restrained his 12-year-old daughter during a fight at Lincoln Middle School last year. I want to see this officer get charged. She's humiliated. She's traumatized. So we're not naming the young girl because she's a minor. She's 12 years old. The lawsuit says that his daughter was involved in an altercation at school in the lunchroom and the officer that was working in the school broke up the fight and then he put her on the ground and had his knee on the girl's neck while trying to break up the fight. The lawsuit alleges that this young girl suffered injuries including a traumatic brain injury, cervical strain, recurrent headaches that require medical treatment, emotional distress, mental trauma, anxiety, and that she continues to struggle, so they are suing the police officer and the school district. This will take quite some time to make its way through the court system, but if you've seen the video, it is clearly quite disturbing, and now the family says they're taking matters into their own hands. What's next? Next March, runners will once again hit the streets of Milwaukee's downtown and east side areas. Uh, They will. So the organization is called Milwaukee Marathon, but they're not running a marathon. It will be a half marathon and a 5K, but the first time that the races have been run since 2019, scheduled for March 26th. This is the interesting thing. So Mm -hmm. this Milwaukee Marathon was in the news a couple of years ago because they managed to get the marathon as a qualifier for the Boston Marathon, which is a big deal. If you run at a certain time, you can qualify for Boston, the most prestigious of the American marathons. And people ran the race, and it ended up that the course was too short. It wasn't officially the right length, so people that ran it didn't qualify. And then, the next year, the course was too long. Right. Can they not get this right? That is bizarre how, I mean, that's the, we all know, 26 miles. You know, like you see the 26.2. 26. Right. Excuse that me. Yes, was a big deal. We've that's all what seen the, Hey, it would be if I ever ran one. Let me so tell you. So people qualified for Boston, but oh. didn't qualify. They found out after the fact. And for many of them, it was too late to run in another marathon that year to qualify for Boston. Now, the people running it now are quick to point out, and they are correct, it's a different organization than when that happened. It's been bought. So hopefully they'll get things together, and hopefully they'll run a full marathon next year. What's the third thing? Whiskey connoisseurs. We're sipping with Pippin today in Wauwatosa. Yeah, that's right. Raise wine and spirits. Welcomed legendary b-baller Scotty Pippin. He's got a bourbon out called Digits. This is what Pippin had to say. I've been a brown drinker for a long time, and it was something I decided to do during the pandemic. I think we were all boozing a little bit. At that time, and I decided to get involved in the spirits business. So Pippin has a bourbon out called Digits, and he's making the rounds, trying to sell it. 17-year career, he played with the Bulls. And he said he's familiar with Milwaukee area fans, calls them like neighbors next door, and always enjoyed coming to Milwaukee. So this has become kind of a thing, right? <laughs> like like Michael Jordan's got a tequila, Scotty's got a whiskey, Leroy Butler's got Leap Vodka, yep. Greg Vaughn, Charles Woodson, they've got their own wine. Mm-hmm. Remember T.J. Lang? Or not T.J. Lang. It was uh, Jason Spitz, Tony Maul, Darren College. They played yeah, yeah. offensive line for the Packers. 
They have three fat guys wine in Sonoma, <laughs> and it's delicious. It's, That's it's a great excellent. Name. It's outstanding, but. They're getting into the business. Tom Seaver yeah, more and more was athletes. really early on this. I remember hanging out with Davey Nelson like 15 years ago, and Tom Seaver had his own wine. There you go. It's a thing. Office romance. Is it a thing? We'll discuss a new survey up next. You know, I've heard office chit-chat can often lead to office pity-pat. And I'm talking romance. Will two strangers take a chance on love? Let's watch. Skit from Saturday Night Live, and there's a new survey out that talks about love in the workplace. 40% of U.S. workers say they flirted with someone from their workplace. Half of that 40% are married. Oh! 24% have gone on a date with someone from their workplace. I don't know if any of them are married. That's what I was saying. Were they married? (laughs) 17% say they've been in an official relationship with someone from work. That are the, that's the numbers in the survey. One other number, a different survey, shows that 33% of remote workers have started an office romance. How does that work out? Hey, girl, you look good on that Zoom <laughs> Just call. Just on the Zoom? Mm, I love that background. <laughs> and then you want to go for a walk? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about it. That's why we're on Zoom and we're right. isolated and separated. That's so 40% say they flirted with someone from their workplace. 24% have gone on a date. And 17% say they've been in an official relationship. Guilty, guilty, guilty. You're oh. in a pretty official relationship right now, aren't you? Uh, yes, a very committed relationship <laughs> with my wife, Emily, whom I met at a previous workplace. Were you colleagues and peers, would you say? Or was one more a supervisor? How would, what, tell me the dynamic. Yeah, so I, I worked for a company called GMR Marketing, outstanding company in New Berlin, event marketing world leaders. And I had a, a client, a uh, sports beverage, called Gatorade. And we had a very challenging staffing program, and Emily was in charge for staffing the program. So we hired, essentially, two college students on all these different college campuses, sifting through dozens and dozens and dozens of applications and it was very challenging, took a lot of time for all of us, and we had set up a kind of a get-together for the group that worked on on the whole Gatorade program to go out. And said, after this all blows over, man, we got to go get a drink and celebrate. And I didn't really ask anybody else on the team. I'd only asked Emily to do it. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's outstanding. So we celebrated a great program, and a relationship was born shortly thereafter. And You're cagey. There you go. You That's took smart. a shine to her, but you didn't date like during this big activation. During the activation, no. Yeah. So uh, we kept seeing each other and going out here and there. We'd, GMR was a, a 20s and early 30s-something sort of haven. So everybody just hung out, went out. After hours, parties, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, happy hours, everything. And when it, you work in an events-based business, yes. that winds up being your lifestyle. Like, there's not really a big work-life balance. Like, oh, we're going out to this event, and then either going out after or socializing at that event. A lot of travel, and then the group that was in Milwaukee, just they, but we all we hung out, a big group. I mean, it was common to have big-time get-togethers. So sometimes you held it a little more secretive, but... People pay yeah. attention. That's people what I say. Did people know that uh, the two of you were batting your eyes at each other? We didn't advertise it, but I think people put two obvious. and two together over time. And then she ended up going to work at Miller Coors, and I worked at Milwaukee Tool for a year while working on the morning show. Uh, and there we go. Have you ever had an office romance? I have not. I probably am guilty of flirting back in the day. It's been a while <laughs> since I've uh, done it. In my Chicago life, when I was in my 20s and rocking and rolling, yeah, I probably flirted and, uh, yeah. That's a thousand percent yes, if I'm judging by the reaction <laughs> on your face. I am, I am, a, I'll be on it. Yeah. I, well, keep in mind, I worked at a sports radio station in Chicago and in the 90s. So there was a lot of testosterone and it was honestly kind of how you had to swing your elbows. 
Like if I had done the whole, oh, no, no, mm-hmm. don't make a joke mm-hmm. about my boots today. And times were different. Then, it too. would have been the, I just would have been outcast. You know, it was just like sure. you got to show that you can roll with the flow and and take a joke and give a joke back. But I will say, yes, there was definitely flirting and silliness involved. Another statistic. One quarter of U.S. workers say they have had a work spouse, in quotes. 20% admit they've had romantic feelings toward that individual, even though one or most may have been married. Oh, I always thought like a work spouse was like just your like platonic buddy who, you know uh, what I mean? Like a male who will have a female and a female yeah, will have a male. Yeah, may- maybe. But um, they're, they're calling work spouse a little something more. Well, so in TV... They use the term work wife a lot. Mm-hmm. And the person you anchor the news with, they often refer to as your work wife or your work husband. And Michelle hated that term. Yeah, I do Absolutely too. hated it. And I we never like use that term because yeah. to me that diminishes your real wife. I'm not calling anybody my work wife, my pickleball wife, my... I mean, I have a <laughs> wife, right? I have a wife. I just like working in pickleball for anything, but pickleball <laughs> wife <Yeah>. is funny. <laughs> 25% in the survey say they are open right now to being involved in a workplace romance. I mean, it's one of the places you meet the most people. They're, it just you, you get to know people. Things. It, it can. It, it, well, it think can. about the other, other ways you typically meet people, and, and especially if you're young, right? You're going out. It's the bar culture. It's you know looking to go over across a table, and there's, it, it's all surface. And in the work setting... Sometimes you get you, you you hammer away at a hard project together, like you get to learn each other's rhythms, right? You maybe grab a bite to eat. It, it maybe starts sort of innocent, and then you just sort of get to know each other on a much yeah. different level than just you yeah. know being out at a club or a concert. And I feel like respect is a big part of that because if you really respect somebody's work ethic, work style, they show up. It's like oh, there's somebody sure. solid. I can right. count you, on. You, you learn more about the person yeah. in the workplace than you. if you're standing yeah. in the produce aisle squeezing avocados. <laughs> we have a very young team here. In the building, we have a lot of people who are in their 20s and their young 20s, and it's fun when you're up like in the cafeteria area at lunch. You can there's a lot of flirting going on. There's a lot of little conversation. There's I've seen a couple times a little cuddling up, a little you some know laughing, and you some, know there's some love in the air. Hair flips, yeah, going on up there. It's well, that's definitely not me. I don't have hair yeah, to flip either. Yeah, you don't have hair to flip. That's <laughs> for sure. You look good with hair though. Thank you. It's 3:25 at WTMJ. Eric Bilstead is hosting Wisconsin's Morning News this week, and he is with us. Eric, how you doing? Hey, good afternoon. The State of the Union, the big speech, <laughs> yes. happened yesterday. Yes. So you don't seem too interested in this. I firmly believe the State of the Union has run its course. Now, see, I made it date <laughs> wow. night last night. Date night? Oh, my God. Literally, it was 7.55, and we were finishing oh. our meal, and... You know romance, Max. But I like to watch it in real time. I, I don't oh. want the sound bites. I want to. I want to experience it. You're a good American. Why, can, why do you think it's run its course? I, what? 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 I will say this though. Too, I agree with Sandy that I love the pomp and pageantry of that type of stuff. The the romance of it. The the political yeah. nature behind it. All that stuff is neat, Mr. Speaker. All that stuff. Yeah. Is is cool. However, it's gotten to a point where all they are trying to do is be noticed and talked about after the fact. Whether it's the president, whether it's the speaker, whether it's a congressperson, everyone has to try to be noticed afterward. And it, this isn't the first year that this has happened. I mean, obviously, we saw what happened last night. There's some jeering and whatnot. We've seen it, though, where there were some congresspeople that all wore the same clothes to get noticed. We've seen the, right. yes. We've seen the House right. Speaker tear up the speech. Right. 
right. we've seen a, a Supreme Court justice shudder no or whatever it was. So, okay. Is it time? Yes. It's time to just let it sunset. It's nothing more than basically just a uh, an electioneering event anyway with the other side trying to cut you down. So why even do it? You mean more the televised part of it, though, because the State of the Union address, it's part of the Constitution. The president sets his agenda. But publicly. it's not. But it's not. Oh, the really? Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution Ooh. says he must from time to time address Congress on progress of the nation. But it doesn't say January. Doesn't say he needs to do this all the time. As a matter of fact, <laughs> here we go. Franklin Roosevelt was the first one to call it the State of the Union. Thomas Jefferson sent written correspondence to Congress. Aha! I'm with you. Get rid of it. It's got to go. It's a joke. It's, but yeah. is this part of our democracy? Can we say this is, while yes, it is pomp and circumstance and wearing yellow dresses and flashy ties, Sure. is this a level of some sort of transparency for citizens to see all of our politicians in one place communicating. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene screaming at the president? Is that what you mean? No, this is crazy. I, I get where you're going with that, and I do think there could be something you could learn from it, I guess. I just I wish what? it was back. I just wish it went back to what it used to be. I mean, a long time ago we didn't also have several people we have to introduce. And okay, you know, let's right. let's figure out how we can Enhance our brand by introducing this, folks, and let's hope we can get to the base of our voters by also introducing this person. Like that, it just has become this like larger political campaign event than a real policy discussion of the state of the union. That being said, you know who did not get introduced, but I saw several times in the balcony, Bono. That's of right. You too. Really? I was waiting for him to get like, and he has a new book out. Everybody you made, say hello you just to Bono. made Eric's point. What is Bono doing at the State of the Union address? At least give him a mic and let him sing. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> but seriously, like, what, when do we get to that point where someone is cursing or Bono is right. literally singing? <laughs> like, it's going. It, it, two years from now, we're going to look back and be like, oh man, that was pretty tame back in 2023. Beyonce shows up, gavels in. Yes. Exactly. Jay Z. Yes. Has got a turntable up in the. I'll tell you what you did miss, though, by not watching it in real time like I did for date night on the couch. <laughs> was there was one camera shot directly at President Biden, but there was someone just to the right who had a walking cane. One of those with the fancy gold handle, and you just kept seeing it <laughs> in the shot being oh, waved, and I'm man. like, who keeps waving their cane in the shot? So there's still comedy to be added, and I don't think that was on anybody's bingo card, because you know, people do pop culture. <laughs> oh, yeah. They have the bingo cards yeah. waiting for Biden to say malarkey and folks and that right. sort of thing. So I don't think anybody had swinging cane on the bingo I card. I think you're right about that. <laughs> I still think you could do it. You wanna, do you want to have it done? You want to post it online and just, you know, there it is, or here's me speaking in front of a camera and we put it on the whitehouse.gov page? Fine. There, then you still are constitutionally doing your duty right eric bill said check him out the next couple days on wisconsin's morning news always fun to have you on the show thanks eb thank you guys it is 344 at wtmj coming up lithium batteries you hear him ask about that every time you're at the airport wait until you hear what happened on one local flight not a local flight excuse me on one american flight from san diego we've got the details up next Scary moments for folks on a flight, a United Airlines flight from San Diego to Newark in the New York area. So the plane took off about 7 o'clock in the morning. The plane is in the air. It's reaching cruising altitude. And suddenly smoke 
begins to come from an overhead bin. It begins to fill the main compartment of the airplane. Flight attendants are right there. They open up the bin, and it ends up that there is a piece of luggage in there that is on fire. They put out the fire using a fire bag, which is something they keep on the airplane. It's a yellow bag, if you ever see when they do the security briefing, and then they put their little mask that they use in the pamphlet back into the bin up there. There's a yellow bag there. They used a fire bag. They put out the fire. They were able to get all that done, and they turned back around, and they landed at San Diego half an hour after taking off. It ends up that a lithium battery had gone bad or had overheated. They're still trying to determine exactly what happened. They also have not released yet what sort of device it was in. But the battery belonged to a a customer, and it was in their luggage, and it started the fire in the overhead bin. Seven people were injured, including four flight attendants who had to be hospitalized. Oh, my. Minor burns for putting out the fire, banging around, falling down, uh, they were they were hurt. I got to think if I was sitting under that, yes, bin, I would want to be getting out Ooh, of that. You're and out I, of there, you know, right? And your seat buckled in, and that's mm-hmm. that is scary. Yeah, that, that would be still a scramble and a panic. And hey, get out of my way. And of course, what could be scarier on an airplane at thirty thousand feet than a fire? I mm-hmm. mean, potentially catastrophic. So when you get on the airplane, one of the questions they ask you when you check in whether you do it online or whether you do it at the kiosk or at the ticket counter, is they routinely ask you, do you have any lithium-ion batteries? Do you have anything that's hazardous? Do you have anything that's sharp? Do you have anything? Lithium-ion batteries is one of the things they always ask you about. I just checked Michelle in for a flight a couple of days ago, and you have to check through the little thing online, and you just I don't even look at it anymore. That's I said, what yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. going to say. How many people even look at it? Because yeah. the flight attendants, when they're giving you the safety routine, like I still look at them because I feel bad for them. Yeah, All they're doing is do. looking at a bunch of people's tops of the heads. You know, yeah, people are not rude. paying attention. It's just rude. Yeah. Especially, if, especially the person, if they're right near you in the aisle. Yeah, and this is the person that could save your life. You know, it's like, just humor them and, and give them a look. So I'm guilty of it myself. I'm sure I just look at that battery thing and like, hey, I'm not carrying any guns or anything. Tap. I'm good. So what what devices hold lithium-ion batteries? And I wasn't sure, so, so I looked it up. These are the most common devices that have these sort of batteries that cause this fire. Vaping devices, personal electronics... Like cell phones. Cell phones have lithium-ion batteries. Tablets, laptops, electric toothbrushes, e-bikes, tools, hoverboards, scooters, and solar-powered mechanisms. I guess I'm not worried about my cell phone because I always have it on me. Yeah. But I just flew to Indy for that PBA TV tournament, and the only device I had with me that was electric was my toothbrush. And I just worry about it doing that the whole flight and Ma'am? being drained, you know. Ma'am, do well, you check or, that yeah, or, or do you, is it in your carry-on? Carry on. Carry, but it, and they asked me, but it never occurred to me that that, wouldn't, that that would be a lithium battery. I've never really checked. Right. I never realized that phones have lithium batteries. So lithium-ion batteries in general, they come in different shapes and sizes, but most people have um, contact with them. They're the little circular batteries that kind of look like a Neko like you, wafer. Like you used like to a, put in your digital watch? Yeah, exactly. Remember that? They're very similar to that. So, And, and that's, that's some of them, right? So if you're talking but, about yeah. you know yard tools or hand tools, power tools, uh, Milwaukee tool, for example, right? A wide range of cordless power tools that all have lithium-ion batteries plugged into the bottom. 
and you pull them in the house in the winter because if you leave them outside in the cold weather in your garage, of course, they're not likely to work the same as if they're held at more of a, a comfortable temperature. So all those batteries you have for your hand tools, power tools, whatever, are likely inside your house right now. But these aren't the ones blowing up. And, and I know right. this is not common, but how common does it have to be for there to be a big issue if it's happening on an airplane? Well, the FAA, the concern is that loose batteries could short-circuit. If they're jostling around and they connect with keys or other batteries or, or coins or that sort of thing. So I think it's the looseness of a battery that could cause the spark. Well, and so they will not let you, they will not let you check lithium-ion batteries at all. So you can keep it in your carry-on because then if this happens, they detect it and they can take care you of it. You can extinguish it, yeah, but if it's you, in, if it's in the belly though, of the airplane, yeah. can you imagine? Yeah, what do you do then? Right. You, you might not even, I mean, obviously detectors would start going off. The pilots would get some indicator in the cockpit. Then they don't know what's going on. They have to make an emergency landing. What if the fire spreads? So you're not allowed to um, take them in the belly of the plane. But when you're checking a bag... Uh, they don't ask you. I mean, you don't have to declare anything that you're taking onto the airplane. I just never really knew that these sort of batteries were in so many things. I also never knew you used an electric toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> I do, too. My dentist asks me all the time, do you use an electric toothbrush? Why can't you tell? I enjoy it, yeah, because it does the timing thing. So I know 30 seconds on the front, 30 seconds on the back. Yeah, we have a cool little front, clock just for the, the toothbrush that sits yep. on our counter. And you can see the smiley face, and it times it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very convenient, isn't it? Yep. I, I I fought it for a long time. I'm like, really? Yeah, I don't, I I have, don't have it. I can do this. I, I can go up and down. I can go round and yeah. like, and I've got an arm and a hand. I can do yeah. it. It's like, oh, no, this does a better job. You have a toothbrush clock? Yes. <laughs> it, does, your, a does your brand come with does that? Does it have a lithium battery? No, mine is just time, so it, it no, will mine stop has, mine, Ours comes with, I don't know what brand it is. So it's in your toothbrush. It's it's a little clock that sits independently. You sit it on the counter, like near the tooth, near the box of Kleenex. Do you and have then, to start it, but it's or an what? actual clock. No, it's cool. It it senses when your toothbrush turns on. And Michelle, I use a regular toothbrush because I'm very old school. She actually bought me my own head attachments. Yeah, but I don't use them. No, I use old school. She uses the electric toothbrush, but when she turns it on, the clock, which is a normal clock, if she's not using the toothbrush, it has what the time is. It's, it looks like a little digital clock. But when she turns the toothbrush on, a smiley face comes on, and it smiles at her, and it counts down. I think it counts to like thirty or forty-five seconds. I'm just going to say this, and I don't mean it, but it's like it's like a child's like delight. Like it yes. is so fun yes. that we are so sorry. It's just like getting stickers or a badge. It's like, hey, when I vote, I'm excited to get the I voted sticker. Wait, so Michelle bought you head attachments, but yeah. you don't have an electric toothbrush? Well, they go on the same base, so we have oh, the so electric you could use toothbrush. The same base. So I could use the same base as hers. Her, she would pop hers off, and then I would pop mine I, on. There is no way you're touching that. There no, is no way not. you're going to touch anybody else's <laughs> toothbrush. Well, I, I wouldn't do that, and I know you, and I think you you would, would be not. less likely to do that than me. No, I would not. But how it's supposed to work is she would brush her teeth with it, then she would take hers off. Yeah. Then I would, you know, she'd put it, there's a little case, actually, a nice little case that she could set mm-hmm. it in, then I would put mine on, but I'm not doing that. I, I would like the next hour to be about your bathroom habits, because I'm fascinated by this. <laughs> can, can we get more into your bathroom oh, habits that's a lot. coming up? There's a lot there. Head to toe, here we go. Yeah, I got a lot for you. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> It is 356 at WTMJ. We've got business headlines up next. Let's talk wiping. Okay, let's. <laughs> oh, no. 